making us part of your day right here where else but CBS Sports Radio. A very fun show we do have planned for you here. A lot to discuss. It is a busy day in the world of sports here on this hump day. So why waste any more time? Let's dive right in and let's do here start the show. All right. I want to start today's show with an observation that has been kind of forming now for um, the last few weeks that I feel comfortable enough to bring to you guys right here in CBS Sports Radio and say it, um, say that I do agree with it. And that's this. I think at this point in today's NFL, the head coach is more important than the quarterback. Like right now, if you say, Ryan, you got to start a team today. Would you rather have an elite head coach, elite offensive-minded head coach, or an elite quarterback? I think I'd rather have the elite head coach. I think that, to me, dictates and has a bigger impact wins and losses than right now even the quarterback does. Because what I've noticed this season in the NFL is this. Great coaching can overcome subpar quarterback play. But... Great quarterback play, easy for me to say. Great quarterback play can't overcome bad coaching. And I was reading an article today from The Athletic, and they were highlight- did a great job of highlighting the end of the Frank Reich era in Carolina and why things spiraled so quickly where Frank was fired after 11 games um, with the Panthers in year number one. And the culture there was described as like the Hunger Games, where everyone's out for themselves, Everyone is only worried about their own back. No one is doing what's best for the team. They're doing what's best for themselves. It's basically survival. I got to do whatever it takes. There was not a lot of belief in Frank Reich. Panic started early on about his ability to get everyone on the same page and work, you know, work together. And had me thinking, well, yes, David Tepper as an owner, I don't think is very good and has shown you that um, – He's quick on the trigger. I think panics too much and definitely gets himself involved in areas that he should just leave to his football people. You can't change the owner. If you're an NFL fan, you cannot just say, oh, fire the owner. Fire yourself. It's never going to happen. So I was thinking to myself, okay, how does this get fixed then in Carolina? Is it going to be like if you had a great quarterback, would this stuff be happening? If you had a great head coach, would this stuff be happening? And I was like, you know what? If you had a great head coach, that will, in a way, almost settle Tepper down versus even having a great quarterback. So I think when it comes to winning, like if you were talking about what you know, is a bigger impact on winning, or is it a great quarterback, or is it a great head coach, I think it's a great head coach. I think the scales have tipped where now a quarterback is no longer the most important position in football. It's head coach. Because of what I just said before, great coaching can overcome subpar quarterback play. But great quarterback play can't overcome subpar coaching. And I got a few examples to show you right off the bat here. Let's look at a few teams in the NFL. How about this? The Los Angeles Chargers. They are right now on the season 5-7, 12th in the AFC, despite having one of the best young quarterbacks in the game in Justin Herbert. I would argue, well, Herbert's been fine this year. What's been the biggest problem? Head coach. They're right there as an example of, well, you have a great quarterback, Bad head coach, what does that equal? A bad season. You have Josh Allen, who himself has been inconsistent and has been bad at times. We also have a bad head coach in Sean McDermott, who's not done a very good job getting this team ready to play this year. That defense is not very good at all. The coaching hires as well, where you hire, then fire Ken Dorsey and be unable in his short tenure as offensive coordinator to kind of 
develop the same synergy that Brian Dayball and Josh Allen had. So you change offense coordinators, or you had to because Dayball left to go be the head coach of the Giants, but you have a new offensive coordinator, and now all of a sudden Josh Allen's not the same quarterback that he was under Dayball. And now all of a sudden this year, along with Sean McDermott's poor coaching, you have the Bills, despite Allen having a, a pretty good year, at 6-6 six and six and out of the playoffs. Those are two examples right there of talented quarterbacks that are being dragged down and are out of the playoffs because they have bad coaches. But also works in the opposite way as well. Because, again, you don't have to, be, uh, you don't have, to have a great quarterback in order, to, in order to be a great head coach or win games. Look at right now the three teams in the AFC playoff race that are holding the three wild cards. Steelers, Browns, Colts. Now, the Steelers are about to have a backup quarterback with Mitch Trubisky now playing starting Thursday night. But it's not like quarterback play has been good this year anyway. Kenny Pickett, I think, has one touchdown pass since October 1st. He's been bad. But despite having one of the worst offenses in the NFL, Steelers right now are 7-5 and of the playoff spot. The Colts, despite having their fourth overall pick in Anthony Richardson, start and finish just one game this season. They've had Gardner Minshew for 95% of the year. They also are 7-5 and in a playoff spot. The Browns. I mean, Deshaun Watson has had one game where he's actually looked pretty good. He got hurt early on. I think it was week three against the Titans when he hurt his shoulder initially. So he's been banged up for, let's say, a large part of the year. And now, obviously, he's lost for the year. And so you have Joe Flacco, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, um, P.J. Walker as well, all making starts. And here the Browns are at 7-5 and five in a playoff spot. NFC... Vikings, despite losing Kirk Cousins, are 6-6 six and six and are still right now holding a playoff spot. All those teams have had bad quarterback play and or quarterback injuries, and they're still right now in a playoff spot. Uh, playoff spot. Why? Great coaching. Shane Steichen has found to do more, a lot more than anyone ever thought they could accomplish with Gardner Minshew. Kevin Stefanski has had four different quarterbacks start games from this season, still finding ways to win, still right now has, has the Browns in a playoff spot. Kevin O'Connell. Lost um, Kirk Cousins halfway through the year. Still in a playoff spot. Again, Mike Thomas never had a quarterback this year. And Kenny Pickett, with how bad he's been, still in a playoff spot. So you just see those two examples right there. Chargers, Bills. Town and quarterback, bad head coach, out of the playoffs. Colts, Browns, Vikings. No quarterback, injured quarterback, still in the playoffs because of great head coaching. You could see the impact that great head coaching and bad head coaching have on teams. And the one constant is, again, you can overcome if you're a team having a backup quarterback play for you if you have a great head coach. But if you got a good quarterback and a bad head coach, you can't overcome that. That is detrimental to your success. But it's not just teams on the periphery. It's not just teams that are wild card teams or out of the playoffs. You see the impact of coaching at high-level elite teams this season. Look at the Eagles. They lost that. They've kept their head coach, Nick Sirianni. They lost both coordinators, offensive and defensive coordinator, this past offseason with Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon leaving. Let's focus on Steichen's exit because, yes, the Eagles are eight and, uh, or excuse me, are 10 and 2. Does their offense, though, look anywhere near as good as it did last year? No. Why? Shane Steichen's departure. They are this year ninth in total offense, the Eagles are. Last year, they were third. Now, again, still top 10, not bad. But the drop-off wasn't because they lost, you know, players. 
they basically ran back the exact team they had last year. This year, I'd even argue getting an upgrade at running back in DeAndre Swift this year versus Miles Sanders last year. Yet the offense has taken a step back in part because a great offensive mind in Shane Steichen is no longer there. Look at the 49ers. Quarterback literally does not matter for them. Does not matter. You have Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft in Brock Purdy, taking the 49ers after stepping in halfway through the year last year, taking them to the NFC title game. And now this year, just wanted to fill you this last weekend and kick the crap out of the uh, out of the Eagles. And Brock Purdy threw four touchdown passes. Look great. That is coaching. That is Kyle Shanahan getting success with no matter who is under center. And now, don't look now, but Purdy, according to a lot of betting, you know, sports books, front runner for the MVP. That to me has a lot to do with Shanahan um, and his brilliant coaching. So you see it at all levels of the NFL. You see it with underachieving teams in the Chargers and Bills. Great quarterbacks, bad coaches, out of the playoffs. You see with teams that have had quarterback injuries, yet still competitive and still winning games because they have great offensive minds and head coaches. Shane Steichen, um, Kevin Stefanski, Kevin O'Connell. You see it even with elite teams where you lose coordinators. In the case of the Eagles, their offense takes a step back this year. You have a great head coach in Kyle Shanahan where the quarterback under center is literally irrelevant for the 49ers. And now you're seeing with the bad teams as well. Going back to the Panthers and that great athletic article that was written today kind of highlighting um, why Frank Reich was fired. They highlighted again in part of there was a panic in the building. And there was guys going behind Frank Reich's back going to David Tepper to basically say, hey, look, I don't think Bryce Young didn't put him in the, right, in, the right, in the best spot here. I don't think we're doing anything we need to do. And so I think Bryce Young is going to be a good quarterback. I'm not running him off after, what is it, 12 starts, 11 starts. I'm still a big believer in Bryce Young and his future. But right now, they have this team has given him no chance to succeed. I mean, part of the article in The Athletic today was highlighting how they didn't talk with Bryce Young about his footwork until like two weeks ago. That there are sources in the Carolina Panthers building that said they think part of the reason why Bryce Young is getting sacked so much, getting hit so much, and the offense is not working well is because they feel Bryce Young's footwork is inconsistent, meaning the depth on his dropbacks weren't enough. So it's like, let's just say if it was a five-step drop that the, the play call uh, needed, Bryce Young would take like four, four and a half steps. And that one or even half-step difference was the difference between a sack or a batted down football and maybe a completion. And that that happened all year long, but it took until like two weeks ago for the coaches to address it and do something about it. So that's a situation where, again, I think Bryce Young is talented, but even he, being the number one overall pick in the draft, can't overcome bad coaching. And so that's why, for me, I feel very confident in saying now we got to reassess, I think, how we talk about right now the quarterback position and its importance. It's very important in terms of on the field, most still most important position in sports, without a doubt. But I think when it comes to now, you we talk about teams that are building for the future. I think the number one thing you need is not a quarterback. You need a great head coach and a great offensive-minded head coach. That, I think, is even more important right now than QB, which is why I said it last week, and I'll repeat it here. I, if I'm the Bears holding Carolina's number one overall pick, I am not drafting Caleb Williams. I am calling up the Rams 
calling up the 49ers, calling up the Vikings, calling up even the Giants. I like what Brian Dayball has done. Calling up the Colts. I am seeing if I could trade for their head coach. I am dangling the number one overall pick and hoping that is enough to lure one of the best offensive-minded head coaches in the NFL to my team. That's where I think the, the Bears' turnaround starts. That's where if they actually truly want to get on the winning path and a consistent winning path for the first time in a long time, it starts not at quarterback. It starts at head coach. Even the Jets. Like, we'll get to Zach Wilson here in a little bit. He's now back starting. But their season went to crap four plays into the year, right, when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. But is Aaron Rodgers being hurt the biggest reason why this team is out of the playoff race and a, a laughingstock? Or is the fact that Robert Sala has done a very poor job at leading, having guys believe, and also he hired an offense, uh, an awful offensive coordinator in Nathaniel Hackett that has no idea what he's doing? I would argue that is a bigger, bigger reason why the Jets are getting a laughingstock at 4-8 and eight versus Aaron Rodgers getting hurt because Colts have been without Anthony Richardson for basically the entire year. They're in the playoff race. The Browns have had like two games of Deshaun Watson fully healthy, and they're still in the playoff race. Like, plenty of teams have had quarterback injuries, and they're doing just fine. Why are the Jets really the only team that suffered a quarterback injury, and they're just spiraling? Not because the quarterback, but because the head coach and the offense coordinator, that's coaching, are nowhere good uh, as good as they should be. So I think we got to reassess going forward here when we talk about importance. And, like, if you are a team right now in a rebuild or needs a jump start or you feel stuck, I think the, the first thing we always talk about is what? Quarterback. I think that that philosophy has to change. I think now the first words out of our mouth have to be head coach. Offensive-minded head coach. That, to me, I think is now the most important part of any winning team. It's not quarterback. It's the head coach and getting that right. So I'd love to hear your thoughts here. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Do you think right now that head coach is more important in the NFL than the position of quarterback? Would you rather have right now on your team, if you got a pick of the litter, would you rather have an elite quarterback or an elite head coach? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. On social media, at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. When we return, let's dive a little bit deeper. We have, at the moment, going into week 14, we have 14 teams in a, in a position to make the playoffs. I want to dive into those 14 teams. Discuss, are they right now in a position for the playoffs because of their quarterback or because of their head coach? I think the number is going to shock you when, you come, when it comes to how many teams are in the position, uh, the playoff position because of their head coach. Uh, we'll get to that when we do return. It is Ryan Nicky with you right here on CBS Sports Radio.
This is Hick at Night. Here's Ryan Hickey. Welcome to CBS Sports Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day right here. It is Ryan Hickey with you on this Wednesday, starting today's show by talking about why I think now the NFL head coach has taken over in terms of importance, taken over the quarterback position. Look, I think head coach has surpassed quarterback when it comes to importance to winning. I think for me, I'd rather have an elite offensive-minded head coach on my team versus having an elite quarterback. I think what we're seeing this year specifically is that great head coaches can overcome subpar quarterback play, but great quarterbacks can't overcome subpar coaching. Look at the Chargers. Look at the Bills. Both quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, pretty damn good. Both out of the playoffs. Why? Poor coaching. Look at teams like the Colts, Browns, Vikings, quarterback injuries. They're, though, in the playoffs. Why? Great offensive mind head coaches. Shane Sykin, Kevin Stefanski, Kevin O'Connell. All working with what they got, whether it's Gardner Minshew. I mean, the, the Browns have a new starting quarterback each week. And the, uh, the, excuse me, the Vikings with Joshua Dobbs, like, they're still winning games because they have a great offensive-minded head coach. So you're seeing on both ends here, great quarterbacks, bad coaching out of the playoffs. Great head coaches, bad quarterbacks in the playoffs. I think that's showing you right now, the head coach, if you get a great head coach, that is more important and more impactful to winning than having a great quarterback. And I want to, you know, further that example by going through right now the playoff seedings. I want to get your thoughts on this too. 855-212-4227. If you disagree, please tell me why. I would love to hear it. But I want to at least maybe convince you if you're on the fence right now, ah, maybe he's making some sense, but I'm not fully sold yet that head coach is more important than quarterback. Let's just do a quick exercise. Let's look at the 14 playoff teams in the NFL and discuss, are they right now in a playoff spot primarily because of their head coach or their quarterback? Let's start in the AFC. Dolphins right now, number one seed. Is it because of Tua or Mike McDaniel? I would say it's Mike McDaniel. But we saw Tua early on under Brian Flores. Looked shaky, did not look confident, unsure of himself. Mike McDaniel comes in. All of a sudden now that Dolphins offense is one of the most high-flying offenses in the league. I would give more credit to McDaniel than I would Tua. So the Dolphins in the playoffs because they're head coach. The Ravens, I would say they are in the playoffs because they're head coach. This is not disrespectful to Lamar Jackson, but you look at right now John Hob- uh, John John I don't know why I couldn't say that John Harbaugh's reign in Baltimore. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, the guy wins. Joe Flacco, Lamar, you know you've had starters along the way as well. You have had Lamar get hurt and still have the Ravens make the playoffs. Like you've seen John Harbaugh make the playoffs of multiple quarterbacks, so the Ravens feel like a constant. In part because they're head coach. Lamar's great. I would give the slight edge, though, to coach. Chiefs, obviously quarterback. It's close because Andy Reid's a damn good head coach. But we'll give Mahomes there the edge because he has helped take Andy Reid, who has been a guy who makes the playoffs every single year, no matter who's quarterback. But now he has made Andy Reid elite and getting over the hump and winning the Super Bowl. We will give the Chiefs the quarterback tag there in terms of who is more important or the bigger reason, we'll say as to why their team right now is in a playoff spot. Jaguars coach. 
Trevor Lawrence was awful his first year. Why? Urban Meyer couldn't coach him. Doug Peterson comes in. Half a year to kind of get the urban stench off him. Now Jaguars won the division last year. On their way to winning the division this year. Coach. Biggest reason why the Jaguars are in the playoffs. Steelers, Browns, Colts. The three wildcard teams. Easy. All three. It's the coach. No offense in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett stinks. The, the Browns have had no quarterback. And the Colts have had no quarterback. Yet all three right now are holding playoff positions. And all three are above 500. Despite the fact that all three offenses, are, at least in the case of um, the Colts and the Browns, they've been missing their quarterback for a large stretch of the season. In the case of the Steelers, even when Pickett's healthy, they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything. I'll give Tomlin the um, the slight there, or the, excuse me, the edge there. So I would sit here and argue right now. If you want to say Baltimore's a toss-up, fine, maybe we'll discuss that. But I'll say right now, edge to Harbaugh over, over Lamar. Right now, six of the seven playoff teams in the AFC, I would say, are primarily in playoff position because of who? Because of their head coach. In the NFC, Eagles, I would say it's more Jalen Hurts than Nick Sirianni. 49ers, definitely more Kyle Shannon than, than Brock Purdy. Lions, I would say it's Dan Campbell, along with Ben Johnson, if you want to extend coaching to offensive coordinator as well, which I think is important. Jared Goff, let's remember, he was just a, an add-in. In that Matthew Stafford trade is almost like, okay, if you want to give us Goff, you got to give us another first-round pick. It's like the Lions were celebrating and jumping for joy. They got Jared Goff. And now he's looked better the last year and a half in large part because Ben Johnson has been there and done a great job with this offense. I would say coaching is a bigger reason than quarterback play why Detroit right now is in a playoff spot. Falcons, I mean, look, this is the only one where I'm going to say N.A. Not available. Because Arthur Smith has had some questionable, questionable offensive choices and decisions he has made with personnel, play calling. And, I mean, the quarterbacks have stunk. Desmond Ritter's not very good. Taylor Heineke is who he is. Sure, they're in a playoff spot and they're winning the division. Credit to them at 6-6. Six and six, But, honestly, that's the only one where I, I really can't pick a winner. Both have been bad. So, we'll say N.A. for the Falcons. Cowboys, I would say quarterback more Dak than Mike McCarthy. Vikings, coach. And you're winning games if you're Kevin O'Connell with Joshua Dobbs. More coaching to me than it is quarterback play. And Packers are the only other one where them and the Ravens, I was torn on. And so I basically split the difference here. I said one coach, one quarterback. I said coach for the Ravens. I'll go quarterback here for the Packers because Jordan Love, now you do see a difference now that he's comfortable and now that he feels like he's adjusted to the speed of the NFL and has built chemistry with his wide receivers, he now does feel like a quarterback that is absolutely viable. Um, and now just letting it rip. And we saw that last month. So I would go quarterback for the Packers. So you add up the 14 playoff teams right now. My tally is because they're in the playoffs, nine teams are in the playoffs because they're head coach. Four are in the playoffs because they're quarterback. And one NA, the Falcons are just they're just there because I can't pick a winner. But look at the playoff race right now. More teams are in the playoffs primarily because of their head coach than their quarterback. And now that you're seeing so many quarterback injuries, I think it makes the the reason to have a or or the reason to choose having a, a great head coach over a great quarterback is the fact that if they get hurt most times, we see, okay, your season's over. 
But if you have a great offensive-minded head coach, you're still alive. Can you win a Super Bowl? Eh, probably not. Eagles did it, though, with uh, with Nick Foles, so it's not impossible. Doug Peterson just showed you that possibility. But if you don't have – if you, I should say, if you have even an okay head coach, as soon as your quarterback goes down, your season is over. You're screwed. You have a great offensive-minded head coach. It doesn't matter who, who is that quarterback. You could still win games, and most of these coaches do win games. That's why, for me, I think I'd, I definitely would rather right now have an elite offensive-minded head coach than I would quarterback because I think, in the end, that is a bigger impact on winning. And you're seeing it right now. Again, 14 playoff teams right now as you sit here on December 6th. I would argue nine are in the playoffs because they're head coach primarily. Four in the playoffs because they're quarterback. One, NA, just the Falcons. Tie. Head co- like a good head coach, I think, at this point, is a, has a bigger impact right now than a good quarterback. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Are you of the mindset now? Are you starting to believe? You know what? Yeah. I think I would rather have a better head coach than a better quarterback. I think right now having that elite head coach is more important to winning a Super Bowl than it is having an elite quarterback. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Again, Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three right there on Twitter. When we return, we got a doozy to kick off week 14. Patriots, Steelers, where the last I checked, the over-under is 30. And that feels way high. Like, I'm sort of joking when I say this, but also not. First the three, I think, is going to win this game. And so with that said, with maybe the worst and least intriguing quarterback matchup, but just overall team matchup we've ever had on Thursday Night Football, Put a little game of Would You Rather. Let's test your football fandom. How far would you go to still want to watch this game? We will find out when we do return. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. This is Hick at Night. Here's Ryan Hickey. It is Ryan Hickey with you on CBS Sports Radio. All right, the show has started by discussing, is it time to acknowledge that head coach is more important in the NFL than quarterback? That having an elite offensive-minded head coach is more important to winning a Super Bowl than having an elite quarterback? I would say at this point, yes. I think especially what we've seen this year, where more teams, I would argue, are in the playoff race because of their head coaches than their quarterbacks, that we have seen a shift now, especially with all the quarterback injuries that have unfortunately happened this year. I would argue that having an elite head coach is better for teams to win versus having an elite quarterback. 855-212-4227. 855 855-212-4227. 
212-4227. Love to hear your thoughts on that. We go out to Ohio to hear Kevin's. What up, Kev? Hey, how are you? First of all, I'd like to say I love the show, love the oh, station, listen to it all the time, man. Thank you. That's very nice, Kev. What's on your mind, man? <laughs> uh, I just want to talk about the great offensive mind. Thing. I agree with you with all that, with the quarterback situation, other than the Cleveland situation. Because <laughs> the Browns are winning. As, as a lifelong Browns fan, I, I've been there through all of the crap. I was at the drive, all that stuff. But they're winning right now because of the defense and in spite of Stefanski. Like, if you watch his play calling, it's, 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 it's horrible. I mean, I'd also it's, argue, Kevin, like, the Browns are a mess and oh, have yeah, constantly rotated through <laughs> quarterbacks and coaches right until Kevin Stefanski got there, and then all of a sudden stability came, won a playoff game for the first time since, what's it's 94, right? Yeah. Um, yep, I know yep. he wasn't there, but also, too, he got them to the playoffs for the first time since 02. Like, there's a lot of positives have Oh, there's come, a lot of positives, and right, I don't want to see him go, Stefanski but I got think he there. needs to hand over to play calling. Like, if you look at the history of him being there, our best offensive performance since he's been there has been the playoff game against the Steelers where Van Pelt called the plays. I hear you, Kev. Look, I know Kevin Stefanski, and I appreciate the call, buddy. Is a, it's a lightning rod topic in Cleveland and really the, the greater state of Ohio for Browns fans that are all across the state. But, I mean, at least for me, like, I look at it as if you want to argue play calling, okay, fine, we can get into that d- debate and discussion. But, like, in terms of, like, stability for what was a dumpster fire and by far the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFL – Stability came not when you got a quarterback, right? Now when you drafted Baker Mayfield, stability came when you got the right head coach in Kevin Stefanski. Came in, calmed the waters down, settled everything in, got Baker to the playoffs, won a playoff game, competitive against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Now all of a sudden with Deshaun Watson, was able to I look last year was a, a disaster um for multiple reasons, but was able to settle everyone down throughout the Deshaun Watson drama and now has the Browns in a playoff spot this year, despite the fact that you have four quarterbacks playing. Like that, that He deserves kudos as well, even if it is a lot of the defense doing the work. He deserves a lot of credit, I think, for having this team just in a playoff spot, despite the fact that, again, we're talking about P.J. Walker starting games, Dorian Thompson-Robinson starting multiple games, pulling Joe Flacco off the damn couch and having him start a few weeks later. Really, not even a week later. I think Stefanski does deserve credit for, again, steadying the ship and getting this Browns organization for the first time in a long time competent. And it wasn't a head coach. Uh, excuse me. It wasn't a quarterback that did that. It was a head coach. So we'll, we'll still go back to that conversation a little bit later on in the show, but I think now it's definitely time to reevaluate. If you're a team, again, I keep going back to the example. I think it's the, the perfect one here to actually send a message and get things going in the right direction. If you're the Bears... Number one overall pick is yours thanks to the Panthers. You also have the number four overall pick. I would absolutely trade the number one overall pick to get a great head coach. To try to convince a Sean McVay to come your way. Try to, you know, wrangle a Kevin O'Connell away from Minnesota. Get him on your team in Cleveland. Because those are guys that shown you, have shown you, they can win no matter who's under center. And that way, if you miss on a quarterback... If you don't like anyone there at four, you don't have to panic. You can still win games with average quarterback playing and continue to build the rest of the roster. So that's why, for me, I look at it more and I say, man, head coach, 
It is really, really important. Okay. Let's play a little game here. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. We are approaching just about 24 hours or so away from arguably the worst Thursday night game in history. Steelers, Patriots, two backup quarterbacks playing, two of the worst offenses in the league playing. This is going to test every football fan's true fandom, true dedication to the sport. So I'm going to play a little game with you here, and we're going to have multiple contestants throughout the show here to test their football diehardness to see what would you really do in terms of having to watch this game tomorrow. All right. Jack Cardi's producer doing a great job. Jack, it's game time. Okay, so I'm your host, Ryan Hickey. Welcome in. It is Would You Rather. Our first contestant today, hailing from Long Island, New York. Tall, somewhat dark. He's tannish and handsome. 6'5", 27 years old, I think. Let's just go with that. Jack Cardi. Welcome, Jack. Good, great to be on the show, Ryan. I love the enthusiasm so far. All right, let's, you are fired up here. Let's match that energy here and let's discuss. How big of a football fan are you, Jack? I'm a pretty big football fan. Pretty big football fan. Yeah. Do you have a favorite team? I'm a New York Giant fan. New York Giants fan. So you've seen a lot of bad football this year. Oh, yeah. Well, let's see. Do you want to see more bad football? Are you looking forward to tomorrow night's Patriots-Steelers play- uh, game? No. I was going to say playoff game. Like, holy cow. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is a playoff game? Oh, my God. Are you going to watch the game tomorrow? Right now. Are you planning? Are you making plans to watch the game tomorrow? No. Okay. Let's then play a little bit of a game and truly see how, and even though you just kind of ruined it, but let's just pretend, let's rewind. All right, this is this is the early part of the game, folks. We're still working out the kinks here. Let's just pretend I did not say the last part here, and let's just pretend you did not say you're gonna you're not going to watch the game. Moving past that part, let's play a game of Would You Rather here. Would you rather, Jack, have to mow the lawn or watch the game tomorrow? Oh, my God. Um... I honestly would rather watch the game. I hate mowing the lawn. I, I, well, first of all, I live in an apartment, so I don't have to mow the lawn ever. Let's but just say. I, so hypothetically speaking, yeah, I would rather mow the lawn. You'd rather mow the lawn than watch Mitch Trubisky take on Bailey Zappi. Man, oh, man. No, I, I would not want to mow a lawn. I, no. That sounds really awful. I'm going to go with watching the game. I would mow the lawn. If I had the choice. Now, I also live in an apartment, so I got no lawn. But I love mowing the grass. <laughs> yeah. I love cutting the grass. It is. Honestly, it's one of my favorite activities to do. Really? So yeah. I would do it. Well, I mean, no, that's not true because I do love watching football. But tomorrow, if I had the choice, if it was light out at 8 o'clock at night, Eastern time, and I had the choice mm-hmm. saying it, cut the grass, watch the game. I'm cutting the grass every time. I'm not I'm not missing anything with Bailey Zappi and Mr. Trubisky, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I'll cut the grass. Okay, so you are 0 for 1. No more on the lawn. Would you then rather, how about this, watch Steelers-Patriots tomorrow night or stub your toe into walking on a Lego into jamming your finger in a door? Temporary pain yeah. that lasts about five minutes, or but watch the whole three-hour game. Yes, just complete agony. Yes, you, yes, that's yes. Thank you. Stipulation. Yeah, you gotta watch the whole game. Not like put right. it on the first quarter, turn it off. <laughs> you watch from opening kickoff to zeros on the clock. Uh, so stub my toe, step on a Lego, jam my finger. This all happened. Okay, like um, basically one into the other into the other. So like bang, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would probably rather do that than watch this game. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There we go, Jack. So we got a winner there. All right. All right. Would you rather tomorrow night 
watch the in-season tournament or watch Patriots-Steelers? Ooh, the in-season tournament. I'd, I'd, actually, I'd rather watch the in-season tournament than, than probably that, that game. Yeah. Okay. Do you know any? Can you name any of the four teams in the in-season tournament that are still alive? Well, I know that the Bucks are still in it. Bucks are still in it. And then is it? Uh, Looking who, for three others here. Who 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 won last? It was uh late. It was Lakers. Hopefully, Adam Silver's not listening. It was Lakers. No. Yeah. Lakers were playing last Lakers night. Lakers were playing. Did they win? I, I actually wasn't watching the game. I didn't see the catch the end of the game. Lakers, Suns. Lakers, Suns, right. Lakers right. won. Okay. So the Lakers are in it. LeBron Lakers James. And Buck. I don't know who the other two teams are. The Pacers. Okay. And the Pelicans. So you have tomorrow Bucks, Pacers, and Lakers, Pelicans. Back to back. Okay. You'll take that. I'd rather take that, yeah. Okay, all right. So, in-season tournament, you'd rather watch than the Patriots-Steelers tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. You'd rather stub your toe into stepping on a Lego, into jamming your finger on a door, over watching the game. You put your foot down so far and mowing the lawn, you'd rather watch Bailey Zappi take yeah. on Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Would you rather be blind for a day or watch a full Patriots-Steelers game? <sighs> you're guaranteed to get vision back. It's not one of those, like, uh, uh, yeah, no, no, I, I Blind yeah. for one day, 24 hours, that's it. <laughs> Can't see. Blind for a day. God. I don't know. I don't. I. I that's a great he's question. He's thinking about that's it. That's a really <laughs> great question. Holy cow. That shows you. Man. Man. I mean, I'd rather be blind. Contemplating blindness to avoid watching Mitch Trubisky throw a football 20 times. You know, honestly, if I was blind for a day, I would just like sit in bed. So I wouldn't really have to like. Get up and like move around. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be allowed to go to work. That's for I wouldn't sure. be allowed to go so into it's work. It's a free that'd day be, off. Be, a free, it's a free day off. I could just lie around all day. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Man, like being blind. I mean, also like I don't care about like either one of these teams. Another, another thing, like the reason why I said I'm, I'm not watching the game, I'm, I have something going on late tomorrow anyway. So that, like that's why I said like I, I'm not gonna be probably won't be watching the game regardless. But hypothetically, yeah, I, I would rather. Yeah, I actually kind of want to see what, like, if I was blind, like, yeah, just, like, just lie around, like, take the day <laughs> off for 24 hours and just be like, okay. All right. Yeah. So you'd rather be blind for a day than oh. watch Patriots series. I love that. Yeah, Good yeah. for you, Jack. How about this? Do you have a girlfriend? I do. Would you rather go shopping all day with your significant other? Or actually, let's uh, take it back. For three hours, would you rather watch the game or go shopping with your significant other? With your girlfriend, in this case. Mm. I, I, it's kind of funny. I thought you were going to say, like, watch, like, The Bachelor with her or something for three hours. I thought you were going to say something like that. But shopping for three hours, that would be pretty brutal, too. Uh, yeah, that's... That would be really bad. Um, but, you know, I think... Oh, God. But I'd rather do... Oh, man. Wow. You're really, you're really thinking this. Thinking no, this hard actually, here. I'd rather go shopping with my girlfriend for wow. three hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. so far, I'm what? I'm you would even... rather stub your toe, step on a Lego, jam your finger in a door, than watch Patriots Steelers tomorrow. Mm. Rather watch the end season tournament. Mm-hmm. Rather be blind for a day and rather go shopping with your girlfriend. How about this? Would you rather eat two fish eyes or watch this game tomorrow? I, the game. Okay. <laughs> fish eyes is the line. Okay. Oh. Oh. Would you rather suffer three paper cuts in a row? Then watch the game. Then watch the game. 
and then deal with the after effects. Paper cuts, I mean, yeah, cutting your finger hurt. initially those hurts. Hurt. Yeah, those hurt. But it's always like the day after, too, and you're like, like especially if it's in the wrong spot, it you got to bend it. It, it stings. stings all day. Yes. But so times that by three, so you got like triple the stings. Nah, I'd still rather watch the game. I don't want to do myself a paper cut. How about punch in the nose? Guarantee your nose is not broken. You take one punch to the face. Well, who's punching me? No average average punch. It's not Mike Tyson. <laughs> Fair uh, question. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's just I, I, normal. It's not going to knock you out. You're not going to be, you know, unconscious. You're just going to take a, just a, a strong punch to, like, the jaw or the nose face area. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to be punched in the face. Okay. Yeah, oh, I'd rather oh. watch the game get punched oh. in the face. I mean, close, though. All right, finally here. Last question. Would you rather go food shopping during peak hours oh. or watch watch Patriots-Steelers tomorrow night? Patriots-Steelers. Okay. Oh, my God. That I is, can't, that I is can't, bad. Oh, I mean, grocery shopping is a nightmare. Agreed. Absolute nightmare. I would agree. Um, I'll give my answers a little bit later on. But, yeah, that is that is one of the few things where I'm like, I mean, Baylor Zappi does not seem that bad after all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you go in those peak hours, man, where everything, the lines are through the door and people are just in every aisle. You can't walk. It's always a problem. It's always a problem. Self-checkout is impossible. There's always something wrong. A maintenance person always always yells at me, like, can you please hurry up? Like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, for me, at least where I go, um, the checkout's actually the easiest. The My issue is always getting to, like, wherever, like, the aisle, getting through the aisles. Because everyone yeah. has their cart in the wrong spot. The aisles are flooded and they're narrow. So it's already tough to just walk through them in a normal, like a normal, not busy day. When it's packed, people's etiquette just goes out the window. I mean, oh. again, you you see people where they are, where they leave their cart in the middle of the aisle and they're 20 feet away. It's like, what are you doing? Brutal. I think I'd agree with you there. I'd rather watch the game than go. Food shopping during peak hours. All right, so that is Jack Hardy, contestant number one. Marco Belletti will be here in a little bit later on in the show. will be contestant number two on a little game of Would You Rather. When we return, though, the NFL MVP, the biggest criteria that should determine this award. We'll tell you next. It's Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio.